0: Welcome to this programme which is called Shah I'm Bob Carswell, Sheikh Robert de Karslachmish, as Babilam Shuash Altacher, Ka Shah Lay. Adhin, Manx Fairy law. James Franklin of Kulchivanin tells us about a presentation this evening by Stephen Miller, RBV. Kyol of Ritaine, as La Jilukyol, The Music of Brittany, and Make Music Day. Chloe Woolley of Culture Vanning explains how to enjoy these events. Cad Vanning, the Manx cad. We hear from John Cannon about his new book. A Sounder Sophia Morrison and the Sophia Morrison Award. Rizia Maddrell of Culture Vanning reveals the background to it. We'll hear first from James Franklin of Culture Vanning about a free event you can enjoy this evening.
1: This is a talk by Stephen Miller RBV, um, certainly one of the Isle of Man's greatest living folklorists and historians will be talking about a particular area of his interest Manx Fairy Lore. It's a talk um, which he's entitled Talking and Telling Stories About the Fairies and it will be this overview of all of the accounts of the fairies or the little fellas or the Muncheverger in the Isle of Man right through from George Waldron in the 1720s through to the Folklife Survey of the 1940s and it is this complete sort of idea of what they are and our relationship to the little people. This is an event organized by Culture Vanin with the Banks Branch of the Celtic Congress, and we are putting it on in the Centenary Centre on Athol Street in Peel, of course, beginning at 7.30 free,
0: although donations are very welcome if you feel like it. The online and educational resource officer for Culture Vanning, James Franklin. <laughs> bei paden mur de loor de rantseren dus de gold drin gesvreten de roi laern uns velie vur uns lorion queg blinnes die der dehenne risch queg blinne roschen geder op pertelias maningen und schen ken ich ir ubeg de live won Ach quegbliners die der de henna, the care de alternan bocu and fanny, goldus riddenach out toyert, more failure bent in de Piin drummen Drumman, ach le sport Anji, as near as shen Renny Scalia Mach de goes jach cuol ja sort as downs as Elinis. The music and dance of Brittany have become very popular here in the island, Particularly since the 1970s, when there was more exposure to it, with groups visiting what has become Festival Anticeltique de Lorient, although it began as the Festival des Cornemuses, a festival for bagpipes. There's an opportunity coming up here in the island to enjoy some Breton music and a Breton-Manx collaboration. And also to make music as part of an international initiative, as Granny de Kiorli, Kultivanen's Manx music development officer Chloe Woolley explains.
2: So we've got the return of the Breton Manx collaboration near Nessan, and um, this is a combination of two Breton musicians, Laws Lander and Thomas. Moisson with Manx musicians Mira Royal and David Cook-Allen. And we're going to have a, a series of events, actually. On the Friday of the evening, Friday the 17th of June, we're going to have a bit of a fun Cureless Guild, a Breton and Manx music session down at the Albert Hotel in Port St Mary. So everyone's welcome to come and hear some Breton music and contribute a few songs if they like. The next day, on Saturday the 18th of June, in Corinne helping put on this concert of Bretton Manx music with the group near Nesson And that's going to be in Oncombe Parish Hall at half past seven. You can buy tickets online through Eventbrite for that, or there'll be tickets on the door, £12 for adults and £6 for under-16s. So that evening we'll start off as a concert and we'll hear some of the songs and tunes from their album. They brought out an album a few months ago. So that'll be a premiere in the Isle of Man of some of that music. And then we'll push the tables back and it'll be a fest noz. And for those who don't know, that's Breton Cayley dancing. So everyone, get up on the floor for that.
0: And that leads into National Making Music Day, which comes up on Tuesday the 21st. And that's got to have an international flavour as well, as it always does, of course.
2: Make Music Day, or lair Ginucule, as we've dubbed it in the Isle of Man, and it's actually started off as a French music festival called Fête de la Musique. And basically it's all over France and then it's... Been adopted by lots of other countries. It was a day of non profit music making. It was encouraging everyone to get their instruments out or to have spend spontaneous music making all over the towns. So we will have our Breton musician with us. Thomas Wasson will be with us. So I'll be taking him to some schools during the day to play some Breton music for the children and we'll be visiting Douglas and up to Manx Radio for a little spot to celebrate Make Music Day.
0: Last year when you celebrated the day, you had an exchange with some music students from elsewhere, and you're repeating that this year?
2: We are, yes. So one of the initiatives that uh, Make Music day uk has brought about is exchanging folk songs with other countries so this year Bree, the manx youth group we're going to be meeting at three o'clock in the henry bloom noble library on saturday the 18th to learn a german folk song and then we're going to record that and then we'll release it on make music day because um, obviously a lot of the children at school on the tuesday so that's a nice collaboration and we've put forward some Manx songs so we're hoping that musicians around the world will have a go at um, singing in Manx or playing a uh, Manx tune. And there's lots of other opportunities to get involved with Make Music Day. This is actually their 40th anniversary. So I know that a lot of the countries around the world are making significance of the fact that it was born in France so they're having exploring French connections. So they're encouraging people to perform french music you know by french composers there's other projects that anyone could get involved with internationally they've got a scheme called my song is your song i know that andy north from the fectones did this last year and he swapped one of his songs with an australian band so it's a different interpretation of your song and this year make music day internationally is trying to encourage people to film or take a photo of yourself playing some music in a significant place and then post it and share it online so uh, maybe someone would like to go and join the Bee Gees statues and (laughs) do a Bee Gees song and film themselves or go up Snaefal and uh, sing a song, so they've called that On Location as a Make Music Day (laughs) initiative
0: and Granny de Kioli, the Manx Music Development Officer to Culture Fanning, Chloe Woolley, and opportunities to hear Landa and Thomas Mouisson from Brittany, and David Kilgallen and Mira Royal from the island. That'll be over the next couple of days, including Saturday with Nier Nesson, the quartet coming together for a concert and fest and then, next Tuesday, the 21st of June, you can perhaps do a video of yourself taking part in the international celebration of Make Music Day. La dianu kiol. Os na sián febron naayach, va the da chira coxianos de sorcher bi, e da pech ar bi, va'r jitha vea'n noel, on, as an alien. Råd viser ind, at rådene peger de næjden, ben, hvad puscher stenier, at hvis channer er gæs allian vanding, hvis ingen sårs chen, også ved dinus chen indrøgter tre vaskeil jaruagon. Hvor de grede rådene stenier, at hvis dunveres tre renne maru ben var polenjachon såsne, rogete og trogete polenjachon allian, gør de råd chen kogianus for the idea of the island as an ideal, a haven of tranquillity, is one that was promoted to boost the island's tourist trade, and it glossed over a number of riots and scandals from the island's past. Not every story or every person connected in some way with the island is necessarily a positive one, and that's a point that comes out of a new publication by Locht and Books of Mackled, and I went to Ramsey to speak to the author, John Cannon. Nangis, GK, GK, Nangis. Nangis. You've just published The Manx Cad, The Remarkable Story of Alfred Curvy, Squire of Ballamore. How did you get to know about him in the first place?
3: Well I was um, for several years The curator at Ramsey Heritage Centre And uh, in the centre we must have had Well over a thousand midwood images scanned And there's an image which appears in the book Of a car parked on South Promenade more or less outside Midwood Studios with a, a gentleman in the driving seat and uh, the person sitting alongside him is uh, wearing a fez obviously of uh, Arab or uh, African origin and I thought well what was going on here and why was, what was what was happening here. So uh, you were able to make out the number plate on the car. From that I started to research the in the Manx Museum to find out and discovered that it was owned by a gentleman called Alfred Currie of Ballamore. so I started to dig in to find out a little bit more about him using the Eye Museum newspapers and things like that and uh, found that for a very brief period of time on the island he was uh, exceedingly well known and uh, as I like to, to say the Ramsey Courier in particular went into full hello mode and basically everything that this gentleman did um, ramsay courier avidly reported manx, other manx newspapers less so uh, and so that's sort of like started me on a on a trail of trying to investigate where he'd come from because he was a man of mystery even then they you know if anybody asked him which curfew are you he was obviously very uh reticent to, the, <laughs> to go into any detail uh, and the more i dug into it the more fascinating his life became so.
0: Now, he had this link with Ballamore, but uh, most of his life was spent elsewhere and quite an international figure.
3: Yes, indeed. I mean, he was born in, um, on the Wirral. Uh, his Manx ancestry traces back to his paternal grandfather. Uh, his father was uh, born in Toxteth uh, in Liverpool, but uh, sadly died when Alfred was only six years old. Alfred himself moved to London well moved originally with his family to Brighton but then moved to London uh, and seems to have been quite a transatlantic liner setter I suppose rather than jet setter as you might uh, say for those days and uh, he eventually came back to or came to Balamore uh, using the proceeds that he'd uh, gained from basically getting a very wealthy American to pay him off to leave his wife alone. Something in the region of £20,000, which in, is the modern equivalent of over a million. Uh, and uh, he had persuaded the gentleman, Andrew Mellon, uh, that his family home on the Isle of Man, namely Ballamore. Um, was falling into disrepair and was up for sale and uh, if only he had the funds he could uh, basically purchase it and uh, he was basically paid off to leave Andrew's wife alone.
0: The link with Andrew Mellon takes us across to the United States. How did you research the material based around all the toings and frowings that he had in America and in Canada as well?
3: A very good source uh, is that there's a, a very good um, biography written of Andrew Mellon by a gentleman called David Canandine, uh, which was published a few years ago now. Uh, and uh he had numerous made obviously made numerous references to alfred curphy as the uh, the villain that turned up in the in the story and andrew mellon of course was one of the wealthiest men in america i think in the early 1920s he was the third highest taxpayer in the united states uh he was a very bigwig in pittsburgh in fact you could almost say he owned pittsburgh at the time um, and alfred had a I believe a previous connection with uh, Andrew Mellon's wife um, who was a McMullen a famous brewery family in uh, Hertfordshire and so that sort of tied up and then the research element came obviously originally from the book by David Cannadine uh, but then obviously uh, I had a a look through, you can look onto websites like ancestry.co.uk and find my past and things you get a lot of information about transatlantic travel on there um, and then various other elements, it's research on the internet, uh, digging around, and, and as you find pieces of information, digging deeper to to try and uh, see where he came up. And it's, um, as I say, the more the more I dug, the more, the more fascinating it became. He was obviously quite the rogue. It started off, obviously, as I say, I was in the Heritage Centre, and uh, as you may well be aware, Manx National Heritage Every October, run a series of open days, and during my time at the uh, at the centre, I used to open it up on the on those weekends and give a talk on various topics, um, generally relating to um, to Ramsey history. Uh, but uh, I also gave a talk uh, on Alfred Currie. Uh, That went down very well. I've given the talk also to uh, the Isle of Man Victorian Society uh, and to several other organisations on the island, and they've all said, oh, you must write a book. So (laughs) gradually I I got the information together, and um, I was still finding out, Information about him, like uh, it was quite late on, I mean, after I'd given the talks and things, that I discovered that he'd been some sort of secret agent for the British government in Mexico during the First World War. Um, so, but I thought, well, at some point, I've got to stop here and uh, and um, write some something down. So, uh, basically, that's what I did, and then uh, hooked up with uh, Sarah Goodwins as you know, from Lockdown Books, and we kindly came to an arrangement whereby we could get the get this into print, and finally, we have <laughs> after some years. <laughs>
0: So is this going to be Volume 1? Because uh, I'm sure you won't have stopped researching. You refer in the book to some years where there's only sketchy information available, so presumably you're trying to fill in some gaps there. Uh,
3: I would love to, but we only have one picture of him. uh, Considering the fact that when he... Wanted it. He was not averse to finding publicity. Uh, I found it remarkable that, um, that there is only one picture that we've been able to find, and that came out of the court papers for the Mellon divorce case uh, in Pittsburgh. So there was nothing that I've been able to trace on the Isle of Man that gave a picture. The picture of the car that I mentioned, which belonged to him, was the, the person in the driving seat, is actually the chauffeur, and the, the gentleman in the passenger seat, which I said was a, of Arab or African, he's actually from probably Egyptian, and it stems from the fact that, uh, using also using his money from Andrew Mellon, he made substantial investments in uh, in Egypt. Mm. So yes, I would love to find out um, gaps, particularly after his after the the end of the First World War. Uh, there's there's only elements that I was able to find um, from the period, sort of like from 1920 through to his death in 1938. Um, I'm sure he was up to a lot of stuff during that time as well. Um, but, uh, but information is sparse. So, yes, it might be that... I don't know if it'll be enough for a volume two, but it might be that the, uh, the book might get a revamp at some time in the future, with uh, all being well, with perhaps additional elements added.
0: John Cannon the author of the very interesting story of The Manx Cad, the remarkable story of Alfred Curfey, Squire of Balamore published by Lochten Books and available now at £8.95. Gerderaus <laughs> Sophia Morrison, Ruggits of Lanehachi Jegg as jeg has Died, Stalia Federnmach Mona Machionek, Dera Jedan jeg Du Jegg. Cecilia Bew, Ershas Nish. Da ha wie ons kommechen as kommmelmerjen ne moek en getred fi' ien fo de e alrou i goges gold privévejaksen uitjen a genely derre na hochy jeggers keer feed giant de welsjen go ty de glasen en ennemmek kuner les nien barcht ons pyten hinje de hooggresregen fareststyai as eich de welssim murek er degilg as e keol vanning e kleinen ons blaas vanning a cred you Bentenden von Jeregger, Shen was Stephen Miller Harby Lord Mayon Mush Urwashnish, as a cushion edachelchnis, wherechish of agent Machbag and the Britannia Shores and Shirley Gir Many young people in the island will have reached the end of a stressful time for them, preparing for and taking examinations of various sorts. Later will come the stress of forthcoming results, of course. Amongst the examinations here in the island are those for the Manx language. of Kulchevanin, Kulchevanin's director, Brigia Madrill, tells us about a new opportunity for people who've been taking their examinations in the Manx language this year and in the future too.
4: This is a wonderful new award called the Sophia Morrison Award and it's for young people under 18 who are doing the Tisht, Kaj and Gilgach, the GCSE equivalent for Manx in the Manx language. And this is the first year that the award will be made and it will be a student who's sitting in the summer this year and the winner will be selected by the Department of Education, Sport and Culture's Manx Language Unit and they'll have this wonderful Carevi trophy, which is a, a bronze longship presented to the school, and they'll have a medal to keep as well. And it's me- in memory of Sophia Morrison, who is well known as a Manx cultural activist, somebody who supported the Manx language, as secretary to the Manx um, Language Society in Shetland, and somebody who really focused on encouraging young people. And the bequest that makes this possible comes from a relative of hers, so that's very nice. It's from um, the late Crelin Frost and Carol Frost, and Carol was a very good Manx speaker, and this is something that I think Crelin wanted to do in her memory, so that you would know that there's a great value to the Manx language. It's incredibly important to people here and people around the world and it was incredibly important to him and to see that that his family had been involved in really nurturing the language and he wanted to nurture that for future generations. There's a brilliant team um, at the Department of Education, Sport and Culture leading um, on the Manx language and every pupil has the opportunity to learn Manx and that's a great thing that's something that didn't happen when I was a child. This isn't just a trophy um, and a medal. There's prize money as well. And all you have to do, if you're selected as the best person for this, you get the prize money of £500. And you just write or produce a short piece in Manx. And that could be anything from a poem to a short story to just a small factual article. It could even be that you write a song. So that will be up to the individual. Um, But then we can create a little anthology of the the prize winners over the years, and that's something that Craddon really wanted to happen. So the things that people notice on your CV, on your university application if you're going to it, but also it's a language qualification that shows that you have studied and you've achieved a certain level, and it is equivalent to the other GCSEs, so there's a great value to it. Um, I did GCSEs in physics and I don't know very much about physics these days. So you do them because it's good for you to learn a certain amount of things at a time and to show that you can apply yourself and do that. But also it is a great advantage to other countries that speak more than one language, they're very interested in the fact that there's a Manx language here and that you, as a young person, have studied it um, to TCG, to GCSE equivalent. So I think it's a great strength and it's sometimes the thing that marks you out as different that will mean that you will get that university place. One of my old next-door neighbours was a very talented young speaker and it was the thing that was noticed on her application and got her a place at the university that she wanted to go to but also learning languages is incredibly brilliant for your brain. So if you learn one language, it's easier to learn another language, but it also helps you make connections um, between different sort of thought systems, really. Um, And when you can get to the stage in a language where you can dream in it, you're, you're really winning. If you have an understanding of different languages and different systems of thought, you can have greater empathy and you can understand how different people work and how different you can see somebody else's perspective so I studied German at university and I could understand a way that certain sets of German people can think and have thought for centuries as I studied their literature and their music and their culture and their history and it gives you a different perspective and I think it's a wonderfully liberating thing to learn more than one language. And you'll find that most people in the rest of the world speak more than one language. People within the British and Irish Isles can be um, think, oh, we only need to speak English. But actually, there are people who are speaking English and Punjabi or Bengali or Japanese or German or French or Polish. And most people have experience of more than one language. So it's something that you should embrace because... It's, it's great fun. Um, it does mean that you can have a better relationship with people that you'll meet from all different backgrounds. Um, and it, it's really worthwhile.
0: Steward of Culture Vanning, the director of Culture Vanning, Breesia Maddrell. Which brings us to the end of this edition of Shaglai. So from me, Bob Castle, as my soul won't be Robert de Karslach, Sled New.